okay. <laughs> this is still in beta. We talk about uh, video games and stuff. And we might also talk about giants who build pyramids. <laughs> we might, but what we're not going to talk about is Hitler. That's off the table. <laughs> yes, it's already been established. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that I checked our stats on because uh, I got an email from it's the one email that I've gotten to our podcast email address in like forever. Oh, my gosh, we got one. No, what? no, it was from Apple Podcasts. It was telling me they're changing their terms of service. <laughs> the email was, please stop making podcasts. <laughs> it wasn't that it's, bad, but it was. It's uh, not, an, yeah, it, not an official cease and desist. Just like, a, just stop. It's just, it's not going to happen for you. Just stop doing it. Yeah. I Well, I, speaking of it's not going to happen, I did check our stats on Apple Podcasts, and there's zero activity. Excellent. So I'm, I'm like, oh, man. What a relief. I'm in the clear. <laughs> Nobody actually listens to this. So, Good. Yeah. Well, then I guess the Hitler talk can begin. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about Hitler all day long, and I don't know. I think maybe just some, like, AI I'm, scrape our, our voices off this thing or something. Yeah, I'm afraid that that would get us viewers, and then we would not be happy about just listening. <laughs> Yeah. Suddenly we're hitting those Joe Rogan numbers. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, so I'm not sure what to start about. I um, I'm still pl- I'm still playing Baldur's Gate three, but I think I'm almost through it. Okay. I'm at least I'm in the I'm in Act three, which I imagine is the shortest one. I've had some of the I've had like the big reveal scene happen. I think. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of downhill from here. It's like, okay, I know it's it's like the equivalent of like, okay, I know that Genova is like some decapitated thing that I've got to go deal with. Like it's that point of like the game say, like, okay, that's what the villain really is. Okay. We're moving on. Oh, okay. So the, the true enemy has, has appeared. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I played this game Deathloop. And um that's a pretty fun game. It's a pretty it I will say I think I messed myself up. I think I screwed myself over and and did the thing I do probably too often in uh immersive sims that uh that is I I I find a thing that I'm like this is pretty effective and then I never waver from that. <laughs> I like it. Uh-huh. Just do the one thing that's like, this works really well. And the problem is they, so they have like all these special powers that you can get and you can only have two equipped at a time. And what sucks is one of them is the, is a power that lets you like, um, uh, teleport from one place to another. So I never unequip that because like, that's just too useful. And there's also like other passive things that you can have equipped. And one of those is double jump. So I never unequipped that either. So there's always like, you know, I, I, I only really have three passive things and one optional power. And other than that, I'm just like, whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ditch my movement abilities, you know? Um, but the other ones, in 
concept are cool, but they none of them really like play into the stuff that I do, which is mostly just sneak around on rooftops and shoot people in the head. And part of the problem is I found this gun <laughs> that like is a silenced submachine gun. Well, almost immediately I found this gun and I was like, wait, so it doesn't make any noise. I can shoot somebody in the head once and kill them. And I have a clip of like 30 rounds. So like, I don't need another gun. So this was like pretty much the only gun I ever used through the entire game. Cause I was like, I don't need another gun. I just got mm-hmm. this one shot, one kill gun that I shoot and nobody knows where I am, you know? And I think that's the thing that got me was that I, since I found this magic gun, I never had to do anything else. I never had to really, they have all these like legendary guns and I'm like, well, I guess that could be something, but they all make noise. I don't want to make noise, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And then there's, there's, I, I got a gun that like I could have done stuff like set up a series of traps or a series of like cameras or mount uh, like automated turrets or something and use this laser gun to like shoot through the optics of those things and like kill people with these like cool things. And then I'm like, yeah, but I can also just shoot them once in the head. And like, and then there's this other power I got that lets you like uh, link people together. So if you shoot one guy in the head, you might be shooting seven guys in the head. And I'm like, well, now I've got, now I have no reason to do anything else. I like, I can, I can find a room full of dudes, hit one dude. Everybody's got linked together. I shoot one in the head. They're all gone, you know? And so then I'm like, well, I guess this is it. I guess this is all I'm doing now. Well, yeah, I mean, if you find like a, I mean, that's kind of how it works, right? If you find like a strategy that works for you, then yeah, just like, I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing in Baldur's Gate three is like, I found a combination of, of skills and classes. Like, okay. So my best characters all have at least level two in uh, Warlock. Because getting to level two in Warlock gives you uh, packed, uh, uh, I can't remember the thing, what they're called, uh, evocations. You get evocations, which are like special abilities. And one of the abilities you can get is like the best thing in the game. It's called Eldritch Sight, which lets you see in darkness and magical darkness. Oh, yes. So this is your, so this is, this is your, so what I of- do. So, so it's just like my, my team, team darkness is just so like I, uh, I cast darkness, which makes this huge area that all of my, my entire party can fit inside of. And when I'm in darkness, because of the way that like Larian has set up the rules of their game, you can't like, you can't target anybody in darkness if you can't see them. You're right. So. So that means that you can't even use shit like fireball at the darkness because you can't see them. Right. You have to. I think we talked about this the last time. Like you have to like the only thing that can hurt you is some sort of AOE damage. Right. Like if right. they can target but, a sp- an area instead of you. Right. But the AI has to target a player character to hit me with an AOE. 
So because all of my characters are essentially invisible, because they're in darkness, they can't even be targeted with area of effect abilities. Yeah. So mages are just right off the bat, totally garbage. They're like, it's better than silence. It's better than because they can't even find me to do anything to. Right. And all of the ranged attackers like just sit with their thumbs up their butts. They can't do anything. They just kind of hang out. Like literally I've watched them just essentially pass <laughs> because there's just nothing for them to do. And then melee guys will run into the darkness and blindly swing at my guys. And they're at disadvantage to hit. So they're probably going to miss because my guys all have like 19 or so armor. Mm -hmm. And that means great. Now you're in the darkness and all of my guys have advantage on attacks because they can still see. And then for the ranged guys, I just fire ranged attacks out at the people that are just sitting there like an idiot. And <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just it's so effective. It's so freaking effective that I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. Like I have some characters that don't contribute to that strategy. And I'm just like, uh, I might as well just freaking respect you guys because like I don't even use you in in combat anymore and then uh and then like the other thing and this is like my the my favorite thing is uh i call it the hallway of hadar so there's a spell called hunger of hadar mm -hmm. which makes an even bigger area of darkness and that area of darkness is difficult terrain and it does damage at the start of the any creature's turn if they're inside of it. <laughs> and okay. so, like, the best thing here is, like, you, like, I've done this multiple times. My monk is insanely fast. And so he'll just go and he's and he's got, you know, he's got, like, max decks. So he'll, you know, I'll drink, like, a potion to give him, like, a, a plus five to his initiative rolls. He'll like go like blah, 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 and like stir up a bunch of dudes and then just book it the f out of there and then they're all like oh go get him and so they all chase uh -huh. and then like he just like runs to a choke point he leads them back to a choke point and they're all chasing him and then my warlock goes bam hunger of Hadar in this hallway and then they're all like well we still got to go find that that shifty monk <laughs> and they all just run through it it takes him like freaking three turns to get through that because it's difficult terrain. And like a sixty foot span that they have to walk across, uh -huh. and then all the while they're in there blind, getting eaten by tentacles or whatever the hell. And I'm like still throwing spells and shit in there because all of my guys can see them. Uh huh. And it's just like, no, you're going through this gauntlet of you're never gonna come out alive. <laughs> and then like the fight's over, and there's just this massive pile of I. It's just the corpse heap thing. I just have this massive corpse heap. Yeah. That I had to that I dig through afterwards. And uh, it's, I, it's like almost unfortunate how effective it is. <laughs> I, I almost feel bad, but I'm like, no, it's too effective. I, I can't stop doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing I feel like, like, I feel like I'm kind of cheating myself out of finding something more entertaining to do rather than something that's just like that just works really well you know and like there's these abilities that let you like 
do more melee damage and like run faster after you do more melee damage and heal yourself more when you do melee damage. So I'm like, oh, there's probably a way I could like make myself some kind of human, you know, whirlwind of death running through this place and not have to like sneak around. But I have to think about it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's what's great about mine is all I need to do is sacrifice two levels in, uh, and put them into Warlock, and then I can do whatever the hell else I want with my, my characters. Yeah. So I feel no guilt about it. <laughs> I will say, okay, so outside of just like the combat stuff, the, the I think the aesthetic of Deathloop is really cool because it's this, we talked about it, before it's this like 70s late 60s 70s sort of vibe and Mm -hmm. the music's good and the voice acting can be funny and the way that they handle like letting you understand mechanics in the game and like find pieces to areas like secret areas and puzzles and things that they have like it's it's a really good flow there's one puzzle that I didn't actually solve because I was getting to the point where I was like, I need to just finish this game and move on. And so I didn't actually solve this, this puzzle that was like a it's like a series of three codes you have to input in. I didn't do that. But there was a bunch of other puzzles that I looked up later, like, what are all the hidden secret stuff? And so I got like all of them, but like one of them. So I felt pretty good about that. And it was those are I think those were really well done and they kind of like encourage you to explore and read stuff. And I don't know, it felt very. And it's probably because it is from the arcane people, like it felt very original Deus Ex, which I always appreciate, but it had a different format and it had this in that it had this like groundhog day-esque sort of thing and even the like main mission progress is is like a groundhog day thing mm-hmm. where you like pick up oh these are the this is the exact way i'm supposed to play this day out to like finish it and complete it you know i, I got a question so just totally like in the theme of what you're talking about but like just totally off the wall but like has anybody made a I don't know what to call it. I guess it would be like a a Groundhog Day or Deathloop style, like roguelike that's just about doing random tasks or something like uh, more like like the actual Groundhog Day, like not one where it's like, oh, I've got to, you know, kill all these people. It's more like I've just got to get all my chores done or something like imagine taking like the gameplay of like a freaking Stardew Valley or something. And putting that into a roguelike where, where it's like, it's like you have, you have this much time to get this much crops or, or something or, or, you know, something crazy like that. <laughs> something crazy like crops. <laughs> yeah, something, something off the wall. Like, like you just need to make $50 in a day and it's like figure out how to do it and you're like a five-year-old kid it's like okay lemonade stand no it didn't work you die start the day over (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
look, we can work about, on this. We can work on the story later. Just thinking about the like the game mechanic that is. Well, I messed up. I guess I'll just kill myself now. <laughs> no, no, but you're also a child. You. Something, something kills you. Okay, so it's I not like Groundhog Day where you can just choose to die in a bunch of different mortifying ways. I don't know. Whatever. So if you fail to meet the objective, you just have to start over again. May, may, maybe it's just the sun goes down and you just like you wake up. You're like, ah, oh, damn it, I didn't do it. But maybe, maybe a Langolier comes and eats you. Who knows? We'll figure it out. Well, I think if you fail the objective, you just keep going until the end of the day, and you just have to either again kill yourself because you know you failed, or write it out and see what else is there and th- because that's kind of what this game does like you you can screw something up or like not do the thing you need to do and if you don't die you just move on to the next portion of the day and then you can like look at other stuff or explore some other area so mm-hmm. you'd probably want to do it like that where you don't just have a fail state you have you have a do better each time sort of flow to it, right? Right, but I mean, something kills you eventually, right? Yeah, something kills you eventually. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a Langolier. Maybe it's, or maybe it's just like, like you go to sleep and you're like, I guess I'm done. And then you wake up and it's that day again. Yeah. We'll call it farm loop. It'll be a (laughs) (laughs) farming a farming groundhog day game or like well, like one of one of those like kind of money making sims like a you know like diner dash or you know something uh-huh. like that one of those it's like until you do it like really good you're just gonna get killed by the langolier yeah <laughs> <laughs> what if it's something awful like like you're in a pyramid scheme and you have to like <laughs> You've got to get like 30 friends. Yeah, you got to get yeah, you got to get 30 people under you. And like oh, in order man. to do it, you've got to like learn French and uh... <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking about that. Like like I mean if it, okay, so if it was like like a Harvest Moon or something where like the the characters have those like reputation meters you fill out because uh-huh. you know, Japanese games teaches anything. It's that it's that relationships are transactional. And I know Harvest Moon isn't a Japanese game, but it's based off of, it's based off, no, no, Harvest Moon is the Japanese one. I'm yeah. thinking of Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley's, Valley's but it's Harvest based Moon. off of Harvest Moon. But yes, it, it, it teaches us that all relationships are transactional, right? Mm-hmm. It's input equals output. So it's something where like, you have to figure out like what everybody, everybody really likes and then like suck up to them like real hard and then they'll join your pyramid scheme. Yeah. And so you got to just like, you got to spend like this day just following Larry around to find out what Larry likes. And like, oh my gosh, it's actually Larry's birthday and all that kind of bullshit. Yeah. And then like, and then you get to him and you're like, hey, Larry, how's it going? Here's $5. Happy birthday. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I'll join your pyramid scheme. You get it down to like a 20 minute, like a, like a 20 second interaction yeah. instead of the whole day. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 And now is Larry the Ned Ryerson of your game? Because that's kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Or the homeless guy that always dies. One or the other. Pick, take your pick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the red herring. Like the <laughs> you can never get him to join your pyramid scheme because he always dies. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's part of it, right? You only got to get 
30 friends and there's like 45 people there's yeah. a, there's going to be a couple of people that will that you never can win over and you'll just be wasting your time yeah there's, there's people to, who are just on to it you know and it doesn't yeah. matter how hard you try like you could become their best friend the relationship meters all the way up and it's like no man and they're trying to convince you to get out of it. They're like, you're in too deep, dude. You gotta get <laughs> out of this scheme. Get, or they're trying to get you to join their pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's all about these nutrition shakes. It's not. <laughs> you got to get out of that. You got to get out of your. Uh, your, uh, your Vitamins. <laughs> Vitamins. No, it's, no. It's shakes, not shakes. vitamins. Yeah. Get out of here. Energy drinks. Get that out of here. <laughs> Multi-loop marketing. That's the name of that one. <laughs> multi-loop marketing yeah <laughs> okay that sounds good all right well too bad too bad we can't uh there's there's no uh venture capitalists funding games right now otherwise we'd be beyond to something i think yeah we'd have to just try to fund it ourselves or something i mean that's gonna that's what's in the gut gonna be that's where i'm at with football the game like i'm never gonna get that off the ground <laughs> Yeah, that one's a hard sell, I think. Yeah. Is it because you never play football? Is that the problem? <laughs> I think I have figured out like, okay, so I definitely want that game to be like a some kind of a puzzle puzzly game or something, right? Where you mm -hmm. where you use football, you learn football tactics from like caricatures of football people that have existed in real life. <laughs> Like Mon Jadden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like players, not coaches. I guess coaches uh -oh. could be something, but, uh, you know. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll meet somebody in there and he's just, his name is just called Taylor Swift's boyfriend. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can get away with that. I was, th <laughs> I was thinking... Well, the, the it's estate just, of that Taylor pop Swift star's boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about going to a place called like Perry's Refrigerators, and you like that's where you learn how to like do tackle moves by pushing refrigerators around. Uh huh. Um, so is this like is there like some sort of like Karate Kid element to it where you're like doing random tasks to learn football? I think it's just like you end up learning football by happenstance. And I'm trying to think of like what the what the goal, what the end goal is of like learning all this football. Um but I'm not sure. I in my mind, I what I want to do is I want to harness this like weird feeling of like sports nostalgia that that some media is based on. Do you know what I mean? Like, 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 like the old like sports shows were like, oh, we're not like the other teams way more talented than us and they've got more funding, but we've got spunk and a speech and we're going to win. Yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> or like, or, or stuff like uh field of dreams or, or like uh angels in the outfield or something where like, for whatever reason, this familial bond is only exists because of a sport for some reason. And like, there's like through the magic of baseball, a man connects with his father. 
you know, like that. Yeah, but that only works with baseball. You don't, don't think that happens games. with football? No, football games aren't like that. No, football, football shows aren't like that. No, okay, no. no. Rudy. Anna made no. me watch Rudy, and that movie is about a a, a guy who has like almost no talent, and he makes it onto the football team, and they never play him, and then he's like, "But I need to show everybody in my hometown and my dad that they were wrong about me." that I do have what it takes. And he's like, well, even though you don't actually have what it takes and you never have, and you never will, I am going to let you go on the field and do a thing. And he does a thing. And then like, and that was the last play of the game. And so it was like, it was like borderline letting the like kid with cystic fibrosis make a touchdown. You know, it's like almost that, (laughs) but it's just a guy who kind of sucked a lot. But he like always came to practice and always gave like his best effort and he was terrible. But because he had the most spirit, <laughs> he he was allowed to play and he connected with his dad and it showed his dad that he was not a failure. So like to me. Yeah, but I mean, like, really was wasn't he? Because I mean, like he got to be like in one pity play like that's not. Like, yeah, I, I look, you and I see this about Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell that to Anna about this movie because it's so uplifting for her because it's also based on a real guy, right? Okay, so you and, don't want to like break her spirit and like tell I, her that's like Look, I ran into no end of trouble trying to discern with her the mechanics of baseball ghosts and like the ending to Field of Dreams and I was like, so now how They've got a the the movie Field of Dreams is about a guy who makes a he makes a baseball stadium in his backyard that is a cornfield because he bought a cornfield and he's failing to make enough corn to pay for the cornfield. And so he makes this baseball stadium because a ghost voice tells him to. And that brings baseball ghosts out of the corn, right? There's other mechanics to this that don't make any sense. Like sometimes the ghosts can't get out of the baseball field, but they can always go back into the corn. And sometimes there, there one time there's a ghost that's not in the baseball field and he finds him, puts him in a situation where he goes into the baseball field and then he can't get back out of the field. And so he's stuck in there, but he can go into the corn and James Earl Jones goes into the corn. With the baseball ghosts. So is he dead? I don't know. Is he going to write about it? How does he get to go well, there? First, hold on, hold on, hold on. You already lost me at the beginning because <laughs> corn is like the most freaking subsidized crop in the country. How are you not making money off of corn? I think that speaks to how bad of a farmer he actually is and how much time <laughs> he's spending on this baseball field and not on the corn at all. And so... Well, and also, like, how is this ghost, how is this ghost corn making him money? Well, the ghost corn isn't making him money. And that's what his brother-in-law keeps telling him is like, the bank's going to foreclose on this land if you don't pay it off. You got to quit messing with this baseball. And the guy's like, and his whole family's just like, don't you see the baseball ghosts? And the brother-in-law is just like, you people are insane. I need the bank to take your house. And so what ends up happening, though, and this is how the movie ends, right? is they're like, well, we don't know how we're going to pay the bank for all of our shenanigans with the baseball ghosts. And then there ends up being this like line for miles of cars, 
all wanting to see the baseball ghosts that they somehow heard about because the <laughs> spiritual realm has put out uh, uh, feelers to all these people who are just like in love with watching dead people play baseball and pulled them to this gathering to like so they can sell tickets to posthumous baseball players playing baseball in his cornfield. And I'm like, Anna, you're telling me that 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 our Lord God has made a plan for this man, and it is to sell and make money off of the spirits of the dead who are trapped in this cornfield baseball diamond. And that's how he's going to pay the bank is by becoming millionaires playing getting people to pay him tickets to watch a game of baseball with ghosts and she was like i was like what what, how do they put that on their taxes like and what if the the irs comes in and they see a bunch of people staring at nothing and he's like they're watching the ghosts and he doesn't believe in the baseball ghosts and then they're like how do i make sense of this there's no ghosts there what are they paying for is it drugs are you selling drugs because i'm pretty sure that's what people would come away from that with. It's like Ghostbusters. They all think it's hallucinogens. And it's like, you're giving these people LSD. There is no baseball in here whatsoever. And they're like, no, no, man, guys, it's the ghosts. It's the baseball ghosts as he's being dragged into the paddy wagon. You know? I know, but okay, now you've just given me an idea for like a D&D campaign about a necromancer that creates a a sporting event. Uh Uh-huh. By raising the souls of dead sportsmen, like what's what's the sports? Th- what sports do they have in in like Dungeons and Dragons? I don't know. It's a medieval jousting. We'll just say blitzball. No. So, he, <laughs> so he's so he's like necromancing all the old blitzball players and selling tickets to it. That sounds good. Okay, I got a D and D campaign ready. Uh-huh. And it's based on Field of Dreams. Good job. That's good inspiration. <laughs> Field of Blitz. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as I was talking, as I was trying to like get an understanding of these, this outcome of this family, Anna was like, it's about, that's not what the movie's about. It's about a man reconciling his past with his you know, dead father. <laughs> and I was like, through the magic of baseball ghosts. And she was like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so anyway, I'm trying to capture that with football. The game is what I'm trying to say. Okay. When I get... Well, obviously, obviously you've got to have some sports necromancy. That sounds like that's a key yeah, part of it. It seems like I do need to get some kind of ghost of football oh that could be his like guide is like some sort of jedi ghost of football past right yes there you go but the but you never play football that is vastly important so you never actually play this much like somebody who watches football you never actually play the sport of football <laughs> oh man oh they've Do you remember a while ago I was talking about this thing called RTX Remix that NVIDIA was doing? Um, Possibly, but explain for the audience. Okay, the nobody who's listening. Um, It's it is a like it's an NVIDIA product 
that no, you got to start. You got to start with as you know, as- because that's the way. That's the way that everybody introduces things to the audience that everyone else clearly knows about. Oh, okay. Um, well, as you know, this is a product made by Nvidia to go along, and it's still branded RTX, even though that anyway, whatever. But it's in their line of like RTX related stuff that they have now. That's the like branding that they have um, latched on to. And RTX stands for? Ray Trace Xylophones. I don't know what the X stands for. I think it's Xylophones. I think it's because their previous line of cards were called GTX. And I don't know what that stood for. Graphics, Total Extreme. I don't know. But Gran Turismo Xylophones. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is their like ray tracing line of cards, right? And so this remix software is a like, um, kind of like a man in the middle sort of thing where you can run this in parallel with old games and you can do things like. Oh yeah, you told me about this, like make oblivion look good. Yeah. Yeah, so you can like <laughs> capture the geometry in a scene and it will dump all the like static meshes, materials and textures and everything into editable or replaceable assets. And you can even like add new assets by like the way I watched a couple of tutorials that they were and they were using this showing um, their Half-Life 2 set of stuff that they were using as a baseline. So you can like add new lights, add new uh, meshes and stuff. If you have like a parent object to reference in the scene as the like focal po- or the like um, like an anchor point. <laughs> and so this way you can like replace all the textures with like PBR uh, physically based rendered materials um, add higher quality, higher detailed textures. Um, change the lighting so that you have like ray traced lighting and reflections, and change even change stuff like lighting shapes. So like instead of just a point light, you could do like an area light or something that makes more physical lighting sense for the scene. You can also do stuff just like change other properties like the emissives on stuff. Um, and so that finally entered open beta. Up until this point, they had released just like the original portal with uh, a mod that they had used this tool set for to like upgrade it. And that mod was pretty cool. Um, they're working on Half-Life 2 as well. But now like the general public has access to like an open beta version of this software. So now you're seeing stuff like Max Payne um tomb raider you know o- original tomb raider right like getting this like a re- like right now it's all real sloppy and like amateurish looking because it's like you know t- however long it took them to understand the software plus another like 45 minutes for them to like just say like oh grab all the lights now change all the lights to ray traced lights you know mm-hmm. um and so I'm pretty excited about this because I think it could really change up like the modding scene and like the mod DB 
website is already tracking like how things how what games work what games don't work and listing stuff for like other people's you know packaged mods that they're uploading with these because it they can like with that software you can just package it all as like a mod file that you load into the software locally and then it replaces the assets in the game so you do have to have the original game and then this just takes that and like hooks all those calls to those assets and replaces them so it's pretty neat that does kind of make me want to introduce the next topic (laughs) which is a much more ridiculous mod that somebody's been working on for the original Deus Ex. And what is that? It is this project that's, I don't know why it's called DXU24, but so original Deus Ex was in Unreal 1, right? Mm-hmm. And what this modder is doing is he has created a way to utilize Unreal Engine 5 to do sort of like what I was talking about with the uh, remix thing, where he is like done, he's like hijacking system calls and things, even like inputs and stuff, and putting those into UE5. So you run, you're running the game, the base game, and then you're running Unreal Engine 5 on top of that base game as a wrapper of sorts. And it's taking all of the like keyboard and mouse inputs and stuff and hijacking them. And then like, and all the asset calls and things and replacing them with UE5 friendly versions of those things. And part of it is an exercise in like upresing stuff, like replacing particle systems with like Niagara particle effects or textures and lighting with like updated, you know, lumen lighting and that kind of thing. But the other thing that he's doing with this is he's making a VR mod. So you could play Deus Ex in VR because he's taken all the like old inputs and has a mapped version of it into VR, even using like the like index stuff where you have like like individual fingers. Mm-hmm. So he's got a, you know, kind of like a video showing like, OK, so here's me like using actual like reload motions on this like pistol in the game and like like taking dumping the clip putting a new one in and like pulling the slide back and stuff and it's like this is how you can play deus ex in vr (laughs) and it's so insane (laughs) it's so insane that he's done this but it's like i've been uh kind of keeping tabs on this guy's progress it's so wild dxu24 it's 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 a really crazy it's a really and it's just one like one guy who's gotten help with like some of the visual assets from other people but it is nutty i don't know we're gonna probably enter a new era of modding pretty soon here which is good because triple a games are i don't know what's happening to them (laughs) Uh, they're all becoming games as services yeah, like it's yeah, it's kind of gross a little bit. Like it, I feel bad because it feels like the next 
the next coming decade of games are going to like be lost to history. Like, because yeah. there's going to be so many of them, they're going to be this games as a service crap. And once the support's gone for them, they're just gone. Yeah. And like, even if you wanted to revive them, like, I mean, you played like some of these games as a service games. Like, if you don't play them day one, and like, not even not so much, like, if they had a day one version of them, that might be acceptable, right? But mm-hmm. if they're playing like the last iteration, like, somebody who wants to like go and see like hey what was what was this game like you know and they play like the final version where like they expect you to have played that game for the last however many years yeah it's like such a trash experience like the first the first time user experiment experience is gone on those games after like a year or two and it's just su- it's just hot garbage if you've never played like i don't understand which is part of why i don't understand how people how those stick around because it's like it then will get your hooks in you in the first few years and then you try to play it it's just so terrible that like who would even continue yeah to play it at that point yeah it, it is a strange thing and yeah because i that was my experience with what was it destiny 2 and the marvel avengers game and i i only got into the marvel avengers game like a year late but even still it like bombarded me with stuff about that I had no context for. Like, you know, this event's active, you know, you've got this new currency, you've got so many of of this and that, and here's a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, don't forget to do your dailies and don't forget to do this thing. And I'm like, what the hell is all this? I just want to play the story campaign. How do I get to that? And like Destiny, like, I'm never going to play a Destiny game at this point because it's like, there, like you can't even play this story at this point. Like that stuff is just gone. Yeah. Like I would have no idea what's going on, and I'm not going to care. Yeah. Well, and they've excised like a decade's worth of content that was like the original game, and all you have now is like occasionally they'll they'll promote like, hey, you can do this like memory quest or whatever. It's like it's like a legacy quest, and it's like go back and experience the time that this major character died. And I'm like, who is that? Where's the quest where I learned who that guy was? You know, like, <laughs> right. Why do I care that he's dead now? And it's like, Oh, that was the guy voiced by Nathan Fillion. That's why people cared about him. That cost them a lot of money. So, you know, right? but and, I mean, it's things like, like the fact that they like freaking world of Warcraft made a world of Warcraft classic yeah. because it had, become so it begun so far gone from what it was and now world of warcraft classic is like so far gone from what it was that they'd have to make world of warcraft classic classic to actually get back to the original feel of it yeah because aren't they like isn't the classic server now up to like cataclysm or something yeah so it's like a totally fucked experience too like you still can't yeah yeah but i mean at least like you expect that because it's a it's a it's an MMO, and like I think you expect that kind of thing with an MMO. But yeah, like that one is explicitly an MMO, and you like you know what's going on when you get into that, right? right? But it's like when it's a game that like supposedly comes on a disc, which you know you can't even trust that that's the case anymore. <laughs> well, and that's the funny thing about Destiny too is it never came out on a disc. It was a, there was a physical release of that thing, but the disc inside it was a cardboard cutout with a key on it. Like, right, but yeah, yeah, that's my point. But like, like, like these these games that like don't come out on 
physical media anymore and they're, they're just going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's it is weird. And I, like I, I understand in part, right? Like so you've got so like take a thing like Destiny, right? You have a user base, right? And you have server time that you're paying for, right? To make sure if you're not running your own servers, right? Like, I don't know who does that anymore, but if you're paying for like AWS or something server time, then you need to like limit how many shards, you know, how many different uh, experiences are being run at the same time. So you try to like funnel all of your users into certain buckets of content. Right. So that whenever they like queue up on a server, you're not like one players aren't having to wait like 40 minutes to get into a team of three people. Right. Because everybody else is playing some other random ass mission. And so you have to like funnel people into buckets of content. And otherwise you just lose total control or you swing the other way and you're like, I guess any individual can spin up their own server instance but that's just going to blow out your server time immensely. Right. So there's like logistical cost reasons to cull older content. It doesn't mean you have to like it. That's just like the way it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like I, I can thinking through like how that stuff has to work from a design and like service level. I understand it, but I also hate it or like, why aren't there maps? I can just play, like download the map locally and not do anything online. You know, right. why can't I just play this thing without two other people? Because that could be a fun experience for me. <laughs> right. I mean, like, and Diablo used to have offline accounts. Like you could have an offline character, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I know I'm never going to get to play this multiplayer, but I accept that. But it means I get to play it when I want to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I guess, you know, if that in like a game like Destiny, if that means I download like 500 gigs of content onto my drive, because that's how many maps that there are like, okay, you know, let me eat that expense or let me swap out which set of content I'm playing right now, you know? I don't know. I think there's a... There's a... There would, there would be... There could be a way to manage that to where a, a player could play something solo. But that's just extra... A bunch of extra architecture on top of that. But yeah, I, I, I see what you're talking about. And I, th I think there are... There are people who try to do preservation stuff for these games having worked at a ga on a game that is lost to the ether <laughs> because it was a games as a service game um i have also seen people trying to resurrect it and make a like solo playable experience and it's really interesting it's really interesting to see one that people actually care enough about it to play it and like not just play it, but like spend the time to like 
figure out how to build a self-run server that the system understands, right? It's it's crazy to me that somebody would bother to put that much effort into it. But they are. And uh, it, there are playable portions of that game now. Um, ironically, the multiplayer doesn't work. So... <laughs> Right. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. So I, I think there are people invested. If, if somebody's invested enough, there's people out there who will try to make a, a way, right? Like nature finds a way, you know, like there's there's old like city of heroes, private servers that you can find stuff right. and like run that, you know, and that's an MMO that's been shut down for years. Yeah, but yeah, so it, it is a shame and it's a shame that there's no like, I guess, no way outside of some legally gray area that you could play it again. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's starting to be the case with passive media as well, you know, like movies and TV that only show up on a streaming service and get shut down. And the only people who have that content to watch are the pirates. <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Like that Willow series is just gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gone. It's, and so it's, like, it's, you know, it, I'm, it's on a torrent somewhere, but that's the only place it exists for somebody to watch it. <laughs> right. And it's probably got Spanish subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's even, there's, region specific content that I can't find a, a legal way to, to watch. Right. Like there's this British television show called a touch of cloth that I love. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's named exactly for that reason. Uh, but yeah, like I I can find DVDs of it online, but they're all like PAL region DVDs that I can't play. You know. But that's it. And they're not like no other not even something like BritBox had it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just not around. Anyway, it's just sad. There's just going to be a lot of content that gets just kind of lost. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And even stuff that like gets like re I'm I'm looking at this GTA six trailer link I have and it just reminded me that even games that do find a second life on a new platform like a GTA San Andreas or GTA three or something, like I think it's San Andreas, some of that because of like music licensing, like they had to edit the soundtrack for that game. Right. Right. So it's like even the stuff that you get to play later is it's not you know unsullied right it <laughs> right it's not exactly the same yeah yeah like i i could see there being some sort of like destiny complete like thing that gets released later or something that's just the the single player stuff maybe mm-hmm. but but again that's going to be curated content it's not going to be everything yeah right it's going to be just specific stuff yeah even like destiny 1 right like i don't even know what where how because that was only on the playstation so i don't even know like even if you had an emulator you couldn't play it right well close to time yeah you want to call it i'm gonna run sure. out of stuff do you want to i don't know what you want 
I feel like you have to call this like necromancy sports or, or something. It's like so you've got you've got to tie in like your weird field of dreams hatred into this somehow. <laughs> My crazy field of dreams rant that I went on. Yeah. Ghost sports. Yeah. I you know, I thought the I thought the name of the I thought I was gonna name it the multi loop marketing, because that was just a good name, but <laughs> It doesn't really have Field of Screams. That's going to be the name of the Necromancy D and D. Oh yeah, campaign. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to be Field of Screams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would just call it Ghost Corn, but I'm not trying to come up with a creative name right now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Ghost Ghost Corn. Ghost Corn. Who are you gonna call? Uh, you still haven't watched the uh, new Ghostbusters. That's the old Ghostbusters, right? Because they released a new trailer for the new one. Yeah, I have not. I've not like the one that's got like the kid from uh it's got like who, who the fifty year old man? Uh uh Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. I haven't watched that yet. Yeah, it's got Paul Rudd and it's got the <laughs> I have to call Paul Rudd the fifty year old man so that everyone remembers how old he actually is. <laughs> I don't know why. But when you said like the kid from and then said the fifty year old man, like those two well, reminded me, like, oh, you're talking about Paul Rudd. Well, it's like it was. It's the kid from Stranger well, it's the Things. The kid from Stranger Things, and then the fifty year old man. Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm gonna. I'm you gonna could hit, call uh, him the fifty year old kid, and I would be like, the, yeah, the fifty year old child. Yes. Yeah. That's Paul Rudd. Right. Okay, I'm gonna hit stop now. <laughs> <laughs>